Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Welcome, everybody, to the Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns on SB Nation's Dogs by Nature. I'm Andy McNamara, alongside Matt Florjancic from WKYC Sports in Cleveland, covers the Cleveland Browns. And if you're watching on Twitch TV, which you can do, twitch.tv slash Live, you can see us doing the show live right now, and you can interact with us and ask us a whole bunch of fun questions if you like also and if you missed any of it you can watch us on twitch i'm going to be figuring out the the video side of things so you can actually see matt live instead of just the, the handsome picture up here on twitch but matt how's it going buddy good andy how are you i'm doing well and listen free agency has settled down a little bit here right and now we're getting into the process of draft any leftover free agency what are the browns looking to do and just general storylines and you got a bunch up at wkyc sports uh, on twitter at matt florjancic and you can get me on twitter as well at andy mc81 so matt let's begin with odell beckham jr we did last week we were all hyped we're excited he's on vacation he, he he's gone gone dark he's he's on vacation he hasn't showed up yet and you wrote an article something that browns fans may be concerned about considering what saquon barkley his former giants teammate said what did it, what, what did he say about odell when he found out about the trade he said that he was not very it didn't seem like he was very happy about it hmm. and that could be taken a variety of ways um beckham loves the spotlight in new york is proud there's no greater spotlight in the world it's the media capital of the world um so that's part that could be part of it the other part is when antonio brown's trade got announced and the raiders gave him a bump in salary without having to add any years onto his contract uh beckham was a little bit upset and he he was hoping that the it, the browns would uh, offer him something of the same kind that antonio brown got so it's a little um, disconcerting at some point, but it's also very, very early in the process. And him going dark on social media probably just needed the process the last week, which has been crazy because he goes from being the Pro Bowl wide receiver for the Giants, you know, looking at potentially having uh, another franchise quarterback brought in uh, to be in waiting for this last year with Eli Manning to going into a locker room where he's got Baker Mayfield established. He's got his college teammate in Jarvis Landry. He's got a host of other talented offensive players around him. So, yeah, I think he just had the process every 
At least that's hopefully what's what's the case. I think Matt, what we got to wait for. He's friends with Baker. Landry's his boy. Adam Henry, the wide receiver, goes. He's just got to get here. Then he's gonna feel the energy of the Cleveland Browns fan. He's gonna be embraced like no other place on planet Earth than in Cleveland, Ohio, and playing with Baker Mayfield. What an upgrade that's gonna be for him. So I think it's a case. He's going to get here, and once he feels it, I'm sure he's going to be ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I think it's much ado about nothing, but it, it, it's at least something to think about that, hey, this, this isn't all sunshine and rainbows yet. We actually do have to get these guys here uh, to figure this out. Okay, so Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be coming to town. Don't worry, Browns fans. We're going to be, we're going to be just fine, all right? Now we got to get into filling in the rest of the gaps on this roster. And got rid of Jabril Peppers, who I love how Dave Gettleman, you heard this, man. He's like, oh, the key to the deal was Jabril Peppers. Really? Yeah. Okay, Dave. Sure, sure. Like, Jabril Peppers is, he's, he's good. He's good. But I'm pretty sure I can find a Jabril Peppers type in every single draft if I look hard enough. So I'm not sold on that. That being said, though, you still need an upgrade over Derek Kindred. So if, if we, Matt, if we break down here, the positions of need to upgrade for the Browns still, would safety be number one? Is that at the top of the list for you? Uh, number two behind linebacker, truthfully. Mm. I know they bring a lot of linebackers back, but I wasn't sold on them before they let go of Jamie Collins. And now I'm really not sold on them because both Schobert and Kirksey missed extended periods of time last season. And, I would like to see them bolster their their defensive or their front seven of the defense. They already took care of the D line. Now I'd like to see them take care of that linebacker core. But yeah, safety is probably number two on my list. I know what number one on yours is, by the way. Matt, I was gonna save it. You know what? Heck with it. Let's get let's get to it. Let's get to it right now. Safety, we need. We know. All right. Linebacker, absolutely. Would I like another young, bigger-bodied wide receiver in the draft? Yes. But the one glaring need, without a shadow of a doubt, is kicker. Kicker with a giant K, Mr. Dorsey. And we love you, and we trust you, but you got to get a kicker. And I'm getting a little nervous, Matt, because Pfeiffer, the new uh, special teams coordinator, comes in saying he liked Greg Joseph out of college. That's concerning to me. When there's a 60% accuracy on the kicking, uh, that doesn't seem like a very common skill. Like, like it, uh, That's below average. And he says he can fix, fix the technique. You know what I can't fix, Matt? I can't fix clutch. I can't fix clutch situations. And so help me, if this is opening day and it comes down to a final kick and Greg Joseph screws it up and the Browns lose, Matt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go nuts. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose my mind if they bring back Greg Joseph and that guy costs me another game. He's already cost us, what, two games, maybe three? How many more does he need to do? What are we doing here? Come on. It's ridiculous. Then <laughs> you and kickers. Because <laughs> uh, me nuts. You know, I, I, I was a little concerned that they did say that he, he liked them coming out of college, but... You know, their special teams coach has a pretty good reputation for getting the best out of his guys. So maybe there's something in there that he can work with and we'll be able to take advantage of going into this next season. Uh, that, that would be the ideal situation. 
if they chose to keep it in-house and, and go young with a rookie to compete with Greg Joseph, if they chose the veteran route, maybe they try to kick the tires on Dan Bailey again. Uh, they tried last year. They yeah. Very interested. He was not. The only problem is he's kicked a lot of stones. That's a lot the of problem. Indoors. Yeah. So that's an element that you have to watch for. And hell, maybe you kick the tires on Phil Dawson and again and say, hey, you know, Phil, you were with us through the bad times. Why don't you come back and have one good run? And Do one more. One more time for, for Phil. Now, Phil Dawson coming off of an injury. Uh, we don't even know if he's going to be around or, or if he's going to retire, potentially. That would be cool. But I'm looking at some of the other unrestricted free agent kickers here, Matt. And people can say, well, those guys are okay. Listen, they're at least as good as Greg Joseph. That's my point. Let's see. Jason Myers kicked for the New York Jets. 28 years old. That's pretty good. Had... Uh, what four four year deal fifteen point five of uh, fifteen point four five million dollars there, so he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, Chandler Cadenazero out of Carolina. I don't know who he is, Matt, but guess what? I'll take a chance on him instead of Greg Joseph. Dan Bailey, you mentioned. Caro Santos. Actually, I don't think he was too good, so maybe not him. Cody Parkey's available. Oops, sorry, Bears fans. Yeah. Not interested. Matt Bryant. Now, that's another guy, older, 44, but as you said, Matt, like Bailey, kicked a lot of, in a lot of domes. So we got to be wary of that. And then Stefan Goskowski, who, for five, and people complain about, oh, he's $5 million. How much is a win worth to you? I gladly pay $5 bucks for a kicker that I can rely on. Oh, oh, he missed a few kicks in a Super Bowl. Guess what? He helped get them to the Super Bowl. I'd love to have that problem. Please, get us to the Super Bowl, Matt. And then let me worry watching, about the kicker. After watching Zane Gonzalez attempt oh. field goals, I, I use attempt loosely yeah. um, in that New Orleans Saints game. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I didn't feel very good about the kicker going into last season. No. Uh, I thought the competition at training camp was kind of it, – it was more so who didn't lose it so much as who won it because right. the guys that they had in there were just not – consistent they could kick it from 65 yards right down the pipe but if you ask them to kick a 30 yarder to end practice early it, it was a shank <laughs> Wide right. <laughs> oh. it was just there was no consistent productivity in camp last year from either gonzalez or the uh, the other name that i can't think of right now it was the cleveland but, kid wasn't it wasn't it a local kid I think he might have had some local ties, but uh, to be honest with you, since Phil Dawson, that's been a uh, a black hole of talent yeah. Yeah. on this roster, and everybody knows it. They have not been able to address that position, and it cost them a couple times last year. And what are we going to do about it? So, okay, let's say you don't want the free agent route. And you know what? I don't fault the Browns for drafting Zane Gonzalez because the pedigree out of college made sense. He won the Lou Groza Award. That's a Cleveland Brown legend. I got that made sense to me. Okay, I could wrap my head around this. Greg Joseph, who had terrible stats in college, terrible. That's the one that I don't get. So some guys out of college. I'm not expecting our listeners, nor am I, fully up on the college kicking prospect. Most of which go undrafted. Here's a couple. So of... wait a second. Wait a second. Here, you just gave Zane Gonzalez a pass. 
No, 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 not a pass because he stunk when he got here. I gave the front office a pass for drafting him because that made sense. The decision to I do that, that was Sashi's. Uh, hey, you know, you're right. You're right. And you know what? So I don't blame Sashi on that one. A lot of other things, don't blame Sashi on that one. A couple of kickers here from WalterFootball.com. Top rated kicker from LSU, Cole Tracy, 5'11, 188. Uh, projected as a uh, sixth or seventh round pick. A lot of clutch field goals, they say. Five for five to help the Tigers pull off an upset over Georgia. That seems pretty good. San Diego State, we always have to wonder about warm weather, guys. There's a John Barron the second. So there you go. Matt Gray out of Utah. Austin Siebert out of Oklahoma. Justin Yoon out of Notre Dame. Five guys I know nothing about. About Matt, guess what? I want to give all of them a shot over Greg Joseph. Every single one of them. Over Greg Joseph. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. Can you go into the season with Greg Joseph as your kicker? Can you? Uh, I can't, but I'm not John Dorsey. Oh, and I trust the Dorse. I trust. I trust him. But if that, if that decision goes down and he's the best option, I don't think someone was looking hard enough. There, there's just got to be somebody. All right. Let's park the kickers. I'm, I'm getting. It's, it's a Friday. I'm getting upset over the kicking situation. So. <laughs> yeah, pace yourself, buddy. Oh, the players, man, I'm going to have to have a, night, a, a sip of Cleveland whiskey later, man. I'm telling you that. My goodness. Settle down for that. So you're listening to the Doghouse on Dogs by Nature. Andy McNamara alongside Matt Fleur Jancic. You can check us out on Twitch TV as well. You can watch us do the show, twitch.tv slash Andy Mac Live. And you just click the follow button there. Make sure you don't miss an episode. So, Matt, we talked about safeties and cornerbacks as well some depth i would like there one guy who was a real star at the senior bowl rock yeah sin super cool name first of all and this is a guy who is looking to fall to the second round and once you get through those runs of defensive tackles you might be able to get lucky and pick up somebody like that who's got great range big body like a 6-1 guy but moves like a smaller corner i would love somebody like that matt a bigger body corner, not let's say what Pierre Desir was when we first got him a few years ago, where you're big but you're clunky, but a big guy who's got vertical that can keep pace with the smaller receivers on the outside, sign me up. Even if he's a little bit of a project to, to fix some technique, that's the type of guy I want long-term opposite Denzel Ward. A little bit of size. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, getting a bigger body corner uh, would be of utmost importance to me, uh, especially given Denzel's injury history, those two yeah. concussions inside of a month that scares are, me. are not a good thing. And, you know, once you get concussions, it's easier to get the next one and the next one and the next one after that. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that Ward can continue to be a Pro Bowl talent for this team, but they need to start building that pipeline up of DBs because it's a long season and crazy things happen. Yeah. And well, if we're moving to the safety side, as far as available free agents left, this is the point in time where you're going to be getting depth guys, right, Matt? You're going to be getting guys who are nice backups and compliments. This is not the time of year where you go get your starter. You look at some available options still on the free agent safety market. Boy, you got Darian Stewart out of, uh, even played for Denver, Glover Quinn, John Cyprian, Morgan Burnett. There's not... There's not a whole lot. Mike, oh, Mike Adams is available. How about that? He can come home and play. Mike Adams, my goodness, 38 years old. 
That would be something. One of one of the nicest guys I ever got really? to cover. Absolutely, without question. Told a beautiful yet heart wrenching story about Mike uh, when he played his hundredth game. I walked up to him in the locker room and said, "Hey, Mike, you know this is your hundredth game coming up this week. I, I'd like to talk to you about it." He had to walk away, and he's like, "I'll come back and talk to you." Well, he didn't uh, when the locker room session was up, but later in that day, he came actually into my office hmm. and explained to me why he got emotional over a hundred games. So out of out of college he was signed to the San Francisco 49ers practice squad. Okay. Um, and he played part of the year on the practice squad. Well, his mother passed away before he got on the active roster and played later that season. Oh. So she never got to see her son play in an NFL regular season game. And to think back on it a hundred games later, he could only think of his mom and how wow awesome it was to carry her you know her spirit to a very successful career wow that's a great story and for those who don't don't know matt used to work directly with the cleveland browns right in that building so some great stories there um another option there so mike Adams, maybe as a depth guy you, you know you want to get ideally younger i, I you know i like my trey boston and that might be somebody to keep an eye on Playing for Arizona, Steve Wilkes, defensive coordinator, Trey Boston might be somebody that could pop in again as as a guy who maybe could compete with Derek Kindred for a starting job, only 26 years old, um, and and might be somebody that can that can be a bit of a depth and, and maybe challenge. So somebody like that, Trey Boston would be my top guy. But otherwise, Matt, I, I would think the Browns at some point are going to be taking a safety in this draft because I don't. I, I like Derek Kinder. I think he's a tough guy, tough player, but I don't know if I'm very comfortable having him as the starter, the top end. I want him pushed a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I don't. I, I think depth is key at this point in time. I don't want to go in with uh, with Kindred being the opposite of Demarius Randall. I, I love Demarius's talent and some of his. His comments led to a, a lot of clicks for me, so I do appreciate that. But I think we need some help on the back end to really make this defense shine. So we go that way. We got corner. Now it's it's depth outside of that. But, Matt, let's go to some of the pro days as we shift the focus to the draft. The team that was most represented at Ohio State's pro day were the Cleveland Browns. And, Wow. Who would have thought, Matt? Who would have thought? Ray Farmer didn't even attend. Browns GMs in the past trying to be too smart. No, we don't need Ohio State. Well, you know who was smart? Pittsburgh Steelers were smart. Baltimore Ravens were smart. Cincinnati Bengals were smart. Everybody else knows that the Buckeyes produce some of the best players in the National Football League. Finally, the Browns are doing that. And boy, the big names, not that the Browns are going to be into these guys, but Dwayne Haskins, of course, Nick Bosa, and, and Paris Campbell, the receiver. Real quick, Matt, going back to the Odell Beckham side, uh, Dwayne Haskins, he was uh, making making some noise on, what was it, the New York Times back page in the sports section? New York Post back page, the, the legendary back page of the New York Post. Wow. Always usually dedicated to the sports teams in town. And, uh, yeah, Dwayne made the, made the cover for the second time this month, actually. The first time was after the combine when they had mocked up a picture of him in a Giants uniform, and this time around, 
it was strictly talking about his pro day and how the Giants walked away very impressed hmm. with, uh, with the young man. And that's going to be so interesting to me. Do the Giants go at six and get Eli's replacement? Do they feel that quarterback is in next year's draft? Tricky part about ne- if you wait till next year is you don't know if your top prospects are going to come out. If they do, did they have a down year? Do they get injured? And how do they evaluate Dwayne Haskins compared to, let's say, a Josh Rosen who might be on the trading block if the Arizona Cardinals make the horrendous mistake of drafting Kyler Murray first overall? I thought Dwayne Haskins had a tremendous pro day match. And as we talked about, this guy in college, the great numbers, 50 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, the big yardage, was being used incorrectly to his skill set by Urban Meyer, who loves a run-first quarterback. That's not Dwayne Haskins. I think his ceiling at a pro level is so much higher than people are giving it credit for. And everybody's killing him for the slow 40 time, which is why he didn't run at the pro day. He's um, not a runner. He, he didn't run sub five. He ran both passes at the combine. He was over five seconds, like barely over five seconds. Which, but when you look at when he has to run, he can get yardage. But he's he's the pocket passer that you need at this level that has mobility to extend plays, but not relying solely on his athleticism like some other quarterbacks we've had in the past. Well, that's exactly it. And I think Dwayne Haskins, one-year starter, like Kyler Murray, right? Both guys could use some more seasoning. You pop him behind Eli Manning for a year, coach him up. I think he's going to be a great QB. How about Nick Bosa? Uh, The injury concerns, big picture, concern me, like his brother, Joey, and, and all that. But, boy, when he's on... Oh, there, there's no better pass rusher in this draft class than Nick Bosa. And, we, and we've known that coming up for, for two years. Yeah, he, the kid is, is loaded with talent. He's got the bloodline, uh, the proven track record of success. I mean, the, he's if he's not the number one overall pick in this draft, the Arizona Cardinals completely spit the bit on this. Yep. Because they... I mean, unless Kyler Murray turns out to be something really special, he won't. You don't pass on a generational talent like Nick Bosa that has a high motor that will just ridiculously pursue the football and with a fair amount of success, I might add. Yeah, Matt, I'll give you that. If I was a GM in this draft, I would not. My for quarterbacks, I would have Dwayne Haskins. I would have Drew Locke. And then I would very reluctantly have Kyler Murray. Heck, I might even put Daniel Jones of Duke ahead of him. And I project him as a career backup. The reason is, I don't think Kyler Murray's going to be long for this league with his size. With his thinness. And the people who say, like, oh, Russell Wilson. All right, well, he's thicker than Kyler Murray. He had way more college experience than Kyler Murray. And he's actually still taller than Kyler Murray. Okay. This guy is shorter than Johnny Manziel and skinnier. Fake weight 207, man. Come on. So I would, I would not. Didn't run at the combine. Yep. Which is why he probably won't won't run at his pro day because he had to inflate himself. Yeah. Plus make himself slower Mm -hmm. just to get over that 205 pound threshold. The thing that bothers me the most is like he measured in at 510 and one eighth or something ridiculous like that. But if he was 5'9 and 7'8, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. People would be like, oh, it's 5'10. He still this would be the shortest quarterback in football. Still. Does one, does one quarter of an inch make that big of a difference 
when you're looking behind six foot seven inch, three hundred and eighty pound offensive lineman, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. No, and that people say, well, he, Oklahoma, he had big offensive linemen. Well, guess what the difference is? You may be able to find some throwing lanes, but unlike in college, all the D linemen are big, nasty dudes, best of the best, coming for you. I want to see Montez Sweat get on a team that plays Arizona next year and just and just see the fear, the terror in Kyler Murray's eyes when Montez Sweat, a 6'6 monster who runs a 4.41, goes and gets you. Okay? Then, then how are the passing lanes, Matt? Huh? He's not going to have passing lanes because he's going to have his face buried in the dirt. That's what's going to happen with Kyler Murray. So that, that's what bugs me when people put him above Dwayne Haskins. I would much rather take a risk on a six foot four, 240 pound guy with a gunslinger arm and an NFL body with an upside that has not been maximized in Dwayne Haskins from the college level than little water spider Kyler Murray. That's me. I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, prototypically, you look at Kyler Murray and you're like, oh, where the hell's the rest of them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, he's, he's a small guy, but, you know, the success that people like Drew Brees, like Russell Wilson, and like our own Baker Mayfield uh, have had have kind of reinvented that part of the conversation, despite the fact that they're more anomalies than they are the rule. Exactly. And here's also the difference, though. All those guys are taller still than Kyler Murray. All those guys. Now, Drew Brees is a little thinner, but his footwork is immaculate, and he's the tallest of the bunch. Murray, or rather uh, Mayfield and Wilson, way thicker bodies. Durable. Kyler Murray, he just looks like a little boy. So, anyway, we put Haskins above him. You got Nick Bosa there. Paris Campbell, the speed demon. Uh, I think he's going to be a nice pickup. I heard he might even... Drop to the second round potentially, which I, I think might be a little well, bit of a stretch. You know, he he flies like the wind. Yeah, I I have an issue with his consistency and holding on to the football. Mm. Uh, he struggles a lot of times to be consistent catching, and when he does catch it, actually holding on to it and not fumbling. Now he right. made some big big plays in his career, and I'm not taking anything away from the young man, but. His ball security issues are, uh, are would put him in the third round for me. In the third? Now, is that somebody in the third round you feel the Browns might take a flyer on? Personally, if I want a draft pick in this draft for at the wideout position, I want a bigger body because Odell Beckham Jr., I'm excited. Guy's still a shade under six feet. I still want that big guy like a Miles Boykin we talked about on the show from Notre Dame, but I don't think he he's not getting to the third round. Uh, that might be a second-round pick if you're lucky. But I would rather take a bit of a, a, a project, big-bodied guy who might be able to develop just to give some diversity to that wideout group. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I'm just just from an Ohio State guy. Yeah. Seen the Buckeyes play quite a few times in the last few years. Paris Campbell does nothing to excite me despite how fast he is because Jalen Marshall was just as damn fast and he's playing in the AAF after three years in the league. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, no, you're right. You got to catch the ball. People overlook that, right? Got to catch the ball. Got to catch the ball. And it's a pretty important uh, part of the game here. I mean, <laughs> you is can't that, win if you can't catch. Uh, is there another Buckeye that stood out to you either this season or at the pro day 
There's a couple other receivers, running back position. Not that the Browns would be in the running back conversation, uh, but there's a couple other potential receivers, I think, right? Yeah, there's always some sleepers. Look for a couple of offensive and defensive linemen, I think, that are going to okay. really do well. I think Draymond Jones is going to be a borderline first-round pick, uh, if not high second round. Uh, That'd be a nice pickup. His talent. There's going to be a run on D tackles, mm-hmm. and they're going to come flying off the board at probably about the six or seven spot. Well, actually seven, because if the if Haskins is there, the Giants will take him at six. Um, so yeah, after after the sixth pick, so starting with pick number seven, there's going to be a run on D tackles, and there there might be seven or eight of them chosen in the in the last third of the draft of the first round yeah and i wonder if he's hanging around early day two if dorsey if he really likes him jumps up and takes him or if he's just going to let the draft come to him that'll be uh that'll be interesting there so absolutely so you can follow him on instagram at matt flow sports twitter at matt florjancic myself at andy mc81 on twitter and of course on twitch tv go to twitch.tv slash andy mac live mac live and you can get notifications for future episodes. We're going to have some unique content as the channel gets going and some one-on-one time as well that you might be able to get into, ask me and Matt questions and interact that way. Lots of cool stuff coming on, but make sure you follow. Go to twitch.tv slash Live. click that follow key. And of course, uh, you can catch all of our episodes as well on Dogs by Nature on SB Nation. All right, Matt, we'll talk again soon, buddy. Sounds good, Andy. Always look forward to it. All right, there we go. You've been listening to The Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.